0: Welcome, it's the Filmmaker's Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films, everything in between, how to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to eff it up in our very, very humble opinion. These get released to wherever you get your podcasts every Tuesday. Today we're talking to well-respected and very talented filmmaker Simon Rumley whose feature films Crowhurst and Fashionista are out now. I am Giles Alderson, producer of Horror Comedy, A Serial Killer's Guide to Life, which is now nearly complete. Poppy and Stan have done a brilliant job on the edit, and we will tell you more about that when we get them back on the podcast to chat making that indie film. Uh, I'm also director of the vampire documentary World of Darkness, which is out now. You can watch that. and director and co-writer, along with Johnny Grant, who was on the podcast two weeks ago, of the psychological horror feature film The Dare which is so, so close to being complete. So close. Mid-August, I hope. Also, I am in prep for the vegan documentary with Dan Richardson and a new TV pilot called Not For Profit. And I am producing Marcus Harbin's new feature film, Cassette, which is casting this week and will be going into principal photography in August. Exciting times, yes. Sometimes it does all happen at once and you have to make hay while the sun's shining that old saying but it's true and as much as it might be frightening to make a feature film or feel like you have too much on your plate that you can't do it you can do it you can i promise you surround yourself with the best people you can and go out there and make your film go out there and make it happen because as independent filmmakers we all know right that finding money to get your film done can be pretty difficult sometimes you don't even know where to start so our friends at Raindance were wondering what if you could pack as much information about basic financing tools as you could in one class then they would do that right so that is what movie money is about movie money it's an evening class that outlines the basics of film finance so if you actually want to get your dream project made surround yourself with the best people And then make sure you join Raindance on Tuesday, the 7th of August, 6.30 at the Raindance Film Training Centre. And remember, because you listen to us and because of our wonderful relationship with Raindance, you can get 20% off when booking with our exclusive discount code, RDPodcast20. That's correct, RDPodcast20. Write it down. Go to the Raindance site. Click on the link or click on the link in the show notes. And you can get 20% off that. What filmmaker doesn't want that right now? I would be there if I wasn't in Sweden. I'm gutted I'm not going to be there. I had to do it on that day. But that is life. And as I say, you have to make hay when the sun is shining. Oh, so anyway, that link is in the show notes. Get involved in that. A segment called the Indie Filmmaker Shoutouts. Yes, we want to support you all. And you support us. The shoutouts this week are to Zabia Sarvedra, who messaged me to give me a shoutout who messaged me to ask for a shout-out for his film, Another Luna, which is on Kickstarter now. It's a short, magical realism film about Luna. She's an eight-year-old girl who struggles to connect with her mum, thus turning to a doll for affection. The link is in the show notes. Support Xavier if you can. Support him. Follow him on Twitter. Like, share, do what you can. Speaking of which, do keep spreading the word about this podcast. A really, really... We do appreciate those who have done that so far and passed it on to other filmmakers. We know you're doing this. If you're not, please do. Anyone who's interested in filmmaking, say, "I like this podcast. It's all right. You know, you can learn bits from it. There's a couple of episodes you might dig." Do that, please. It, it means the world to us, and we keep spreading the word, and more people know about this podcast. And remember, if you've got anything to promote, then email me, the m at filmmakers pod, or me at Charles Alderson, and we will give it that love it deserves right subscribing time subscribe on itunes if you haven't already do that now um we're also part of the brilliant people at podfix network and you can find us there other shows on the podfix network you might like include fan counters uh the gravity beard podcast shaker not nerd and weird with you podcast to name a few if you love your podcasts get over to podfixnetwork.com and get listening um we're also on Spotify, Brit Fods the usual places. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You're obviously listening to this now, so you're obviously getting on where you get your podcasts. let will tell you, friends. <laughs> okay, so here we go. I was lucky enough to sit down with the legend, the wonderful filmmaker that is Simon Rumley, and I sat down with him at Just Voices Studios, which is our wonderful home for the Filmmakers podcast, and they are amazing there. I promise you, if you want your voiceovers done, you want your ADR, or you want to do a podcast... Contact them. Uh, It is justvoicesagency.com. They also run a, a voiceover agency. So if you need some brilliant guys or girls to do your voiceovers, contact them. So without further ado, here's my chat with the wonderful director Simon Rumley, where we talk about how he made his latest feature films, Crowhurst and Fashionista. So in the words of waiters and waitresses all over the UK right now, which is slightly annoying, when you get your food, enjoy but I mean it. Enjoy. So joining us today to talk about filmmaking is Simon Rumley. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? All right.
1: Very good. Very, Very good.
0: good. Very good. Now, Simon's feature film credits include Club Le Monde, uh, Strong Language, The Truth Game, The Living and the Dead, starring Roger Lloyd Pack, Red, White and Blue, which starred Noah Taylor, Mark Center, and Amanda Fuller. Um, he's done segments in the features Little Death, which starred Tom Sawyer and Kate Braithwaite, A- The ABCs of Death, produced by Tim League, and 60 Seconds of Solitude in Year Zero. He directed Johnny Frank Garrett's The Last Word. Uh, Feature film starring Sean Patrick Flannery, the recently released Fashionista and Crowhurst, which is based on the tragic real life story of amateur sailor Donald Crowhurst. And very recently, he filmed Once Upon a Time in London starring Jeff Bell, Lee Gregory, Terry Stone, Kate Braithwaite again, Michael McKell, and Jamie Foreman. It's quite some career and we are delighted to welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast, Simon Rumley.
1: Thank you very much. Nice to be here.
0: It's a pleasure to have you. Honestly, it's a great career. You've been working for a long time. And this podcast is all about helping indie filmmakers get out there, start making films, carry on making films. And we want to support them in everything they do and they support us Mm. and how they carry on in their careers. So let's start at the very beginning. How did it? begin for you you started out as a runner is that correct
1: yeah I, I went to university studied law um, I, mm. I, I didn't become a lawyer I was, you started law yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, I, I didn't obviously become a lawyer um, I, I pretty much woke up when I was 19 or 20 literally one morning out of the blue and I thought ah oh, uh, I think I'd quite like to become a film director um, really yeah yeah I was literally like it really was out of the blue um, and I thought you know back then I mean even now that's it's not, not the easiest job ever um, but sure. back, back then it was even kind of a crazier thing to to think and suggest and so I, I finished my degree and, and I thought well if, if I still feel that way at the end of the degree then I'll I'll start trying to pursue it so did finish my degree at the end of it I thought yeah I still want to be, become a film director mm-hmm. I, I took a year off pretty much um, and then I got a job as a runner in in, in, in Molina which is which is a post-production yeah, facility production. yeah post-production you know, facility. which has been there forever pretty much mm. I worked there for a year a year and a bit and then I got a job as a production assistant and then production manager of uh, doing video in-flight entertainment films for British Airways and, wow. and and New Zealand and stuff like that. How was that? Were you selecting films? What were you doing there? No, I I, well, I was literally production assisting, production managing. So so every, every month there'd be a new. This was when you know back when in-flight entertainment was probably one or two channels rather than ah. a million. Yes, and you choices. couldn't stop
0: them; they just played. They just played. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so,
1: so, so so yeah, so there'd be someone like Selena Scott or Tony Slattery or Mariella Frostrop, and mm-hmm. um, and and you know that 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 would. With a, a program from Glasgow or from Windsor or from, from the Cotswolds mm-hmm. and, and and the more exciting ones. We went to Mexico, I think for a couple of weeks okay. uh, to do something when, when British Airways opened a route to Mexico. So that's cool. We, we, we went to Euro Disney when, nice. when, when that just opened. So, so it was, it was, and we went to, we spent a couple of weeks in Scotland, St. Andrews and stuff. So, um, yeah initially i was production assistant which i um and and then i i worked my way up as such to production manager which is organising organising those shoots wow. um but during that time i was writing in my own short films directing my, my own short films editing them yeah um and at some point uh, after a couple or again after a couple of years I enjoyed it but it wasn't what I wanted to do and and, and there's you know obviously quite a massive difference between doing f- f- feature films and, and and making essentially TV programs uh, for British Airways customers so yes. so at some point um I I think it was, it was, it was it's quite a close call between whether I, I got sacked or I, I decided to leave yeah <laughs> yeah I but, know what you mean but yeah. um but, uh, but that's <laughs> that's you know I I I left yeah and basically I started signing on which which back then I mean this is this is yeah. the late 90s so back then okay. You know the, the signing on culture was was well pretty prevalent when I was when I started. Um, selling. So by the time I f- finished signing on, it wasn't. So it was getting harder. But right. um, and and during that, I think I did I did a short film, and then I I started writing features because I've always written my own in- material. Well, not? Well, yeah, I've, I've always written, so okay. as, as, a, as a director, it's easier to get stuff off the ground if, if at least you can write.
0: Well, you own the rights for one thing. You you, own, yeah. you don't have to get options out on things, and they elapse, and you're like, I've worked so hard on this for two years, Yeah, yeah. and now I don't own it anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. depressing, whereas if you've written it yourself, yeah, you just yeah, have yeah. to be good at it, and that's the tough bit,
1: right? It, 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 exactly, exactly. You, you start, and, and then, like, like everything, you know, you show people, and people kind of give you ideas and or or comments and then you you take them on board or or you don't. So um so that helped and and then yeah I I I'd, I'd written a couple of scripts and and then I think um at some point one of them almost happened but it didn't. And at, at that stage I was like you know what I'm I'm kind of fed up. Well I wasn't even fed up. I was just thought like, you know actually it's time for me to do my own feature and, and I I was very I think I started when I was 28. So um at, at that point you know this was again the kind of heyday of 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 American Indies, or or, mm. or the last hurrah, as, as I read that I'd said in in a recent interview, um, <laughs> where, when you know there was there was uh, Kevin Smith with Clark's and there was Robert Rodriguez with um El with Mariachi, Mariachi yeah, and there was yeah. Slacker with Richard Link later. And, mm-hmm. and and all these films had been done for pretty much you know next to no money, you know, Robert literally Rod- nothing, yeah, literally, seven yeah, yeah, grand, yeah. wasn't
0: it? he? Just he sold his body for it. And-
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So. Um, so that's what happened. And, and my, my granny had died at some point and I, I had, I had like 4,000 pounds. So I basically used 4,000 pounds to finance my, my own first feature, which was called Strong Language. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it took, took a while to, to, well, to, to shoot, to do, to finish and then actually get distributed. But it, it, you know, we started in, um, kind of late, well, I think it was 96, 97. And, and then, and then it finally came out through the BFI and, uh, uh 2000 um and and by that stage I'd, as I actually had then found someone else to to give me more money to do a, a very low budget second feature um mm. which we did, and that that also got released through uh, the BFI at, at what was that well, was the Truth Game right yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah yeah, yeah yeah and 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 those. You know, both those films came out, and, and Strong Language which was pretty much a unanimous kind of four-star film. Um, mm, Truth which Game is was amazing, yeah, and no, it was it was fantastic. And then Truth Game was not not quite as well received, but still pretty good to be honest. And, and then I did Club Le Monde, which was frankly the, the toughest out of those three. Um,
0: wow. How come? What What's the reason?
1: Um, I, I had you know, I had basically crew who didn't gel with me. Um, we we were doing literally 10 shots a day, 12 shots a day, which is just, yeah. You know, uh, it was kind of heartbreaking really. And, mm. and uh, no one, I, I I couldn't really somehow galvanize anyone to do it any more than that. So they're
0: just being slow. What was, it,
1: it was, I kind of, I, I put most of the blame on the cameraman because um, he was just, he was lighting. Then we're doing one take, then he was relighting. And, 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 and rather than, you know, doing stuff quickly. He, again, he would literally like t- two hours to set up one shot. Or something. What? That's that's insane. It, it is insane. It is insane. And I love it. Uh, was he on overtime? What the hell? That's just. In- I, he, he was just a you know someone I've I've happily never seen again. Yeah, I um, bet.
0: <laughs> that's really frustrating as a director, especially your third movie and it's a bigger movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. To yeah, have yeah. that, it's like that's infuriating.
1: No, it, it was. It was mm. And and actually, you know, I, I've had a couple of. I I've generally avoided bad experiences, but I've had a couple in in my career, as I'm sure everyone has, and 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 that was definitely one of the worst ones because it was it was just like it was just infuriating, and and, and so it meant that most of the scenes that we did were kind of wide, locked off shots, and it was in a in a nightclub, and it was meant to be a whole yeah. film with energy and stuff, and mm. and and so it just wasn't. Um, right. But you know, fr- from doing that, then one learns from one's mistakes, and, of course and, you do, and, and, and then suddenly understands the importance of. You know, And actually, I'd worked with two great DPs before that, frankly, who I should have, frankly, just worked with again. But,
0: on. but was someone telling you not to? Was someone telling you to use uh,
1: this, I, I had, someone else? Had, well, again, it's one of those cases, you know, we, we had a distributor. We had some private money, some distribution money. Actually, Metrodome, who, who now went bust. And yeah. Metrodome were like, you know, we want this to be you know, a bit bigger, a bit, a bit glossier than the other films, which is fine. Um, and then they got a, a slightly bigger producer on board so he brought bigger people on board um, and at some point, Metrodome kind of left the project about a week before it we was meant to start shooting, and, mm. the, and then was, and then maybe two or three weeks into the shoot, the producer left the project. Oh Jesus! So, so so the whole thing was just a mess really yeah. from beginning to end. And and, and you know, I, I was still left with with the decisions that had been made, kind of by other people for for me, and, and really just trying when, when you know, in the end, it seemed like I was the only one who cared really. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, sometimes that is the case, but
0: there, that that sounds really disappointing disappointed, but the film did well. I mean the film got out and yeah, 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 did yeah. well. I mean,
1: it's it's again it's it's I, I out of my films personally it's probably one of my it's definitely one of my, my, my two least favourites. But okay. it, it came out and you know, some people liked it, some people didn't. And it certainly wasn't the, the glorious reviews that the, the first couple of films were. But, it's, mm. uh, you know, it, it did have some, you know, Empire called it, like, you know, one of the best indies of British Indies of the year or, or some, something like that. And so, we love
0: Empire here. So, yeah, that's uh, so, amazing you know, to get that review. Yeah, Jumping yeah. back then and talking about your first film, Their Strong Language, how did it feel when you actually stepped on set for the first time as a feature film director? And, you, you know, what was going through your mind? Had you
1: planned everything? Well, well, well the, the weird thing is, I've always been, and I think probably one of the reasons I've probably done as much as I have, is I've been always very understanding of the limitations of of low budgets and and filmmaking and and and, and again, I was very much inspired by Richard Linklater and Slacker, mm-hmm. which, which is basically the film where it's literally people talking to other people in Austin, and and, and yeah. what, people are literally walking across the street talking to people, and the camera follows someone else. So, so that was that was you know eye opening really. Um, and and I thought, well, you know, I've got next really next to no money um, to do a whole film. What can I do? And, and at that time, you know, there, there hadn't really been any youth culture films. So it, what I did was I, I, I contacted about 17 actors who I'd auditioned for the previous film, which in the end blew, blew out. Right. So I went back to 17 and said, look, you know, I've got this other idea. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no script, but I like you... Um, and, and I want to improvise something with you we, we, are you up for it, and uh, you know inevitably, everyone apart from I think one person has said yes wow um, so 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 then so basically all the film the film is a bunch of talking heads, right. so it 's literally you know so it would be you know for example a, a sound engineer you know, or an editor and mm-hmm. and we would we would film that editor 's um sound bites looking straight to camera in in his edit suite so so it wasn 't like you know maybe. Well, more of a let's say in inverted comms normal film where there was you know there was first AD second 80s thirds you mm-hmm. know runners drivers whatever that there, there was literally me first AD the cameraman soundman and an actor. So there was generally like five or six yeah. people on set. It's almost documentary style, right? It, it, it is completely, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and three quarters, let's say, was interior, but the the exterior, we didn't have any extras or anything like that. So and and the camera was generally, um, you know, pretty static. Um, okay, and I and I used the the script and the scenes to to create the, the kind of rhythm and 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 motion in in the actual film and so, you did
0: that in the edit room I suppose most yes, of the time right
1: yeah 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 and that came out did well and then obviously
0: you went and made the truth game
1: again pr- kind of much like my previous film got a lot of people to bring some of their own personalities in um, I w- I would tape tape record some of what they well what they said I would then go away and, and transcribe it then I would make a character from what they'd said. Say so, it's some say again both those films are partly written by me but partly um written, by the ta- cast, taken from yeah. the cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the
0: the money was obviously a very low budget again and this was just something that you'd managed to pick up from someone who said yes. Yeah, well that that, was, that
1: was a weird one because and and you know th- this is this is why in the film industry well I guess like every, every, everything really you've just got to keep on doing stuff because you never know where that next contact is going to come from yeah. and and more often than not Frankly, most of the meetings I've had, the formal meetings I've had in offices, literally for the last 20 years have been a waste of time. But, but, um, the parties I've been to, the, the, um, the, the the random things that have happened have been, you know, the festivals that I've been to have been the things that have actually, you know, facilitated something, you know, next happening. And, and so, so this was we, me and actually, ironically, the, the producer of Crowhurst, who I, I knew back then, um, we were trying to get a film off the ground, I think, which I think was Club Le Monde. And back then, we, we were, we were doing it through the, um, the, the lottery scheme and, mm. and, 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 and they had assessors. So an assessor came to talk to us. He, he loved strong language and he loved the script that we were trying to do. Okay. Um, in the end, we, it, it didn't work for what for the the lottery, but he contacted me and said, "Look, you know, I, I've got a bunch. You know, I am actually a producer on, well, not on the side, but the, I do this on the side because I'm a producer, right. um, and I have a bunch of, um, uh, you know, investors, friends, wh- whatever you call them, who who." Um, I, I I think you know they might respond to you too, and if if you're interested in doing something else for again a certain budget, which at the time was like a hundred thousand uh-huh. pounds, um, you know, let's meet up and discuss it. So so that's kind of what happens. And, okay. and then the truth game was basically financed by I think in the end it was six different people, and they each put in you know X amount of pounds, right, twenty um, grand each or something. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully it made them money and it did well for them, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah it yeah, it yeah, did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. That's great. Yeah. So off the back of Club Le Monde and that actually quite disappointing time you took some time off mm-hmm. uh and then you came back with the living and the dead yeah which starred roger lloyd pack which is yeah. you know people still talk about this it's a great film yeah, yeah it's done yeah, really well yeah. talk about the process of of making that and actually you know Solidly working with actors and making something you're proud of.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so well, so basically, what happened was my my both my parents died within the space of six months. Um, and I, as, as an as an only child, so that you know both came completely out of the blue. So so that kind of knocked me, of you know, for for side, you know, for six kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and 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 as well as that, you know, had to, had a house to deal with and had to you know work out what to do with that and and you know the the all the wills and and all that kind of stuff. So that was that was a bit kind of you know, crazy to say the least, um, and and certainly wasn't really in, in a, you know, a creative a, headspace. Yeah yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Career wasn't yeah. my thing at all at that point. So, um, how the Living of the Dead came about is that my um, my aunt was well, my mum's sister was looking after my my mum, and and she was you know in, under stress and and uh, drink drinking a bit and smoking a bit, and and she had sciatica as well. And and I remember being in in, in my mum's living room at the time and just looking at my mum and and my auntie and just thinking you know i i'm living in, in the home of the dead mm. and i thought hey that's that's an interesting idea for a you know t- title for a film and and then so i actually tried writing when when my mum was dying and I, I managed about 10 pages but wow but frankly yeah, i couldn't couldn't really finish it or yeah. you know just didn't have the, the mental concentration um and at some point i th- i think at the at the end of that year which i guess was 2002 then I um I, well the the I think the year after that, then, then I was like okay I've, you know I've got to get back to normal you know some kind of you know normality and stuff mm-hmm. um so then I think I rewrote it um well well no finished it I I then I, I again randomly met Nico Hagen um through a friend at, at BAFTA and and again and yeah you know again something I wasn't going to go to my friend said yeah just come along um my friend Tom War actually who's who's a, he's a uh, um. Director at the time, and then he moved to Thailand and he ended up producing, um, the, the Mechanic three and stuff like that. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. so it's, it's all kind of weird how interrelated it is. It but is, I yeah. met Nick and I said, Hey, actually, I've got this thing. And he said, Oh, yeah, send it to me. So he read it and said, Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'll, you know, I'm, I'm up for doing it. So we then sent that to a few people and, and then we got some money to do a pilot through the, again, through the lottery. Mm-hmm. But that didn't work out because they didn't really get what it was doing. So that was for something else. Um, and then we had a meeting with this and, and that didn't work out because, well, because we, we we in the end took it away from them because they they were just arguing about what the film was about and, and how it should be and, uh-huh. me and me and Nick were sitting there going, hang on, it's- we're the ones making it. Exactly, this is our film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so then we didn't pursue that. And and then, again, another random encounter I met, um, I was at Berlin and I was at the British, some kind of British film film party and um, i met a german producer called carl schoenfeld who lived in england Mm -hmm. uh, well london and and then he was just starting something with rain dance with elliot grove yeah with elliot grove great yeah yeah yeah. And, and carl had seen my first three films and loved them so he cool. was like well I'd love to work with you that's you know.
0: super that's how that's nice isn't it that someone who's seen your work and goes yes I want to work with you No, it, 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 it is it
1: is mm, good. yeah so nice um, no no it was fantastic actually so yeah so, so then we went to Carl and he was like I love this and I, and then from there Elliot you know started pulling a few people in and did a few rewrites and in the end in the end I have to say it was, it was Elliot that that he, he knew some Indians who wanted to get into the film mm-hmm. um, and I'd just done a, a short film with Greta Skarkey so was quite excited by that, okay. and 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 the the script which I had I didn't write had won some kind of new British short screenplay competition thing, and and, and the film then won best film at Jazz, which is which is like the world's biggest genre. Yeah, kind of my festival. World
0: of Darkness was there this year. Oh, great! Yeah, 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 it's yeah. great
1: festival. Yeah, 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 no, an amazing festival. And so, so yeah, so you know, and then it all came from there, and, and then in the end, the, these Indians um, basically financed the film, um, right. the, the living of Dead But yeah, again, completely random. Yeah. Totally,
0: round and the film's done incredibly well. It's won; it did forty festivals. Yep. described as variety as near brilliant. Yes, yes, uh, that's always nice. Yep. It, it won almost twenty five awards, including best film, best director, best actor, best makeup, at the Austin's Fantastic Fest as yep. well. Yeah, yep, I yep, mean, yep. It, it, it's it's great. And then from there, you you were like, "Look, I'm on a kind of a roll here. I'm doing yep. well." And you you went to do Red, White, and Blue, which starred Noah Taylor. Yes, yep. um, how was the process behind that? Because it premiered in Rotterdam. Um, it's a darker side of humanity with bone chilling results is what it said So yeah yeah. again something you'd written
1: yes absolutely so so basically i don't know how other people find it interesting but i i find it endlessly fascinating so so with the living and the dead i i that also premiered in rotterdam Mm. did a lot of festivals and and i pretty much spent certainly I'd say eighteen months, kind of doing the festival circuit because I, you know, I, I didn't. Well, my, my parents had died. I didn't have a family. Frankly, didn't have any real responsibilities. I'd, I'd done this film that that kept getting invited around the world. So I, I went everywhere from Argentina to Korea to South Africa to America to all over Europe mm. and, to, to, and 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 you know at other people's expenses. So so I was like, well. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get this chance again. Sure. So, I, as as much as I could, I, I went to most of these festivals. Wow. Um, and, and did you
0: find them useful? Was it a well, good so, experience?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, you're like you know, they're all. You go to a festival, you go to parties, you get drunk, you meet people. I mean, you <laughs> watch you watch films. Yeah. Um, Try
0: not to watch your one again, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> yeah, I've seen it now. Can I? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll yeah, introduce yeah. it, but. <laughs> well, no,
1: exactly. I I I generally don't watch my films after, yeah. after i've done it sure. so um so you know is, is it useful you're never really quite sure um but but that said you know so i went to austin for fantastic fest mm-hmm. um and sweat and, the board yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well and, and and ended up well living well staying with tim tim league um and his wife carrie yeah. and yep. so and so tim tim league is
0: is a producer
1: well, he's a producer, and, no. and he also owns a bunch of cinemas in, in America called the Alamo Draft House, and and yeah. so, so he he set up Fantastic Fest. He owns now like I don't know forty odd cinemas in America. He's a producer. He's an all around amazingly great guy, and 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 um, and he lives in Austin. And and so, I, I for a while I, I knew that I I wanted to kind of try America in terms of filmmaking, mm-hmm. that and and I felt that. England, I, I felt at that point that after the living of the dead, you know, I, I'd done what I wanted to, to do in England. And, yeah. and, and, and I don't think English filmmaking is terribly edgy. And I, I don't think the people who finance English films or, 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 or distribute them are terribly edgy. Um, and I just, I just felt there was more interesting stuff as, as, a, as a general rule going on in America. Yeah. Um. And and I I guess I was still keen to do you know slightly more edgy film. So so any, so so I w- always wanted to shoot a film in America. but I guess like most English directors probably. Um. And and at some point, you know, when you do meet people on the festival circuit, you gen if if you if you get on, you generally tend to become friends quite quickly because again, mm. you're getting drunk, you're hungover, you watch films, you, you eat, you know, you do the same yeah, thing. You
0: see the same people in the bars. You chat to them. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, become yeah, friendly,
1: yeah. Yeah. Nice. And 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 so and and also I think. You know, I, I remember you know, so I, I'd spent some time with, with Tim and in, in his in his family house. Then then we were in Korea together, so you know, we were doing karaoke, <laughs> then we were in Cannes together, and I think at some and I think we'd been somewhere else and and, and at some point I was like, Look, you know, I'm thinking of um doing a film in Austin um, or in America, um, if if I shot it in Austin, you know, would you be interested in being the exec producer? Nice. And, and he said, "Well, that He said, "Like, I'm not going to give you any money." And I was like, "Like, I, you know, I, I don't I'm not asking for any money at all. I just need, need someone who I can trust. Um, and if if we're having problems or we're we're lacking some kind of resource." other than financial you know it's someone we can go to and say can you help us out so he was like yeah of course um so so once he said that then then i was like okay i i had this idea for red white and blue um which which came from my fear of of the, the the negative consequences of one night stands um and and um and and the and the, and, the, and the, again the, the guy who who'd financed the Truth Game and Club of Monde, he was someone again. Every soft and he he had some money again through little consortiums here and there. Uh-huh. So I wrote to. He liked to. Tim liked to um, and again I, I think I did a few drafts and and what became red white and blue and you know the, the rest is history that's nice and
0: how was it actually directing someone like Noah were you hands-on how's your approach with directing actors generally
1: I um I, I think I'm pretty hands-on I mean I mean I, I like to meet up with all actors if possible but suddenly you know that the, the, the 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 actors with with the bigger parts yes uh, but but generally everyone and really you know i i go i sit down with them and literally go through the whole script and just say you know you know how do you you know just make sure that they understand everything Mm -hmm. we're both on the same page in, in terms of you know character motivation and what the character's doing and why they're doing it which frankly i i think there's been very few times that i've sat down with an actor and and we've been like you know at, at, just in at at, odds. You know, with at yeah. Odds. Yeah, yeah yeah um so you know and and at some time very quickly y- you f- you forget that it's like, hey, it's Noah Taylor or it's greta Scotty, of course you do yeah you you're, yeah. you're just like you know hey amazing and 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 you know some <laughs> of these actors not not noah but but certainly some actors. You can see that if, if they're not having a good time, that they can go. You know, they they can get difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly not. You know, no, no. I never had that with a Noah at all. But you know, some of them, some actors, you've got to be a bit more careful with than others. You know, most people are doing certainly more indie films. They're doing that because they they love the script and, and they love the concept of indie mm-hmm. films. And, and you know, and they're not doing it for money. So
0: yeah, what are the different approaches then for you between, like say, you had to approach someone a certain way. Did you get that? Feeling straight away, sort of like, okay, well, look, they're going to need a little bit more attention, or they're they've already got the part of this one, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, some some you can be. I mean, as I said, mm. I have to say, Touchwood, I've I've generally had. There's a couple of actors I um I, I certainly wouldn't work with again, but I'd say the majority of actors I've worked with, you know, I'd I'd like to think I've got on really well, and mm. I think they've all done a great job, and it's, you know, been a pleasure working them, and, and you know, and and I try to, whether it's actors or whether it's you know. DPs or editors, you know, I try to work with people again if if I can. Yeah. You know, so Kate Braithwaite, for example, you yeah. imagine she was in um she was in uh, for a short film I did called Bitch and then yeah, for the end, ABCs of Death, right? Was that death, uh, no, Little Death yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and she's in the new one? And then she's in yeah, she's in Once Upon a Time in London. Yeah. And and again, you know, both very much by dint of fate, but again, she was—you she know—wasn't someone I so much kept in touch with. But did a great job on, on the first one, and and I and and you know ha- had to have someone who you could hold their own with Leo Gregory, which isn't isn't easy because he's, he's a pretty—you know—strong, intense presence. Mm-hmm. um and and uh, but I felt she could, and uh, right. indeed she 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 she, she did. Could she yeah, did. we d- yeah. I
0: I know her from years ago. We did some sort of show together years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's produced as well herself. She's made stuff. Yeah, yeah
1: she, she's an excellent actress. I, I I can really hope that once upon a time, you know, you know, in, 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 does something positive for her. career because mm. she's she's again she's she's really strong. To us. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Um, and then you made Little Deaths and then ABCs yep. of Death. You, yep. you did bits in those. How was it working on horror? Because maybe horror is not something you'd done up to that point And suddenly now these are well, full on horrors.
1: There's a there's an emotional re- release in in horror and, and scary films, which, which is all, at times almost like, you know, you want to laugh. Because it, it's only when the films are really good. Of course. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, you get that feeling where oh, I, I kind of need to laugh. You also yeah, need yes. to laugh as well, yes. don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting what you said there about your films being, all of them are quite... Uh, they have that horror element. But like you say, it's not horror where it's jump scare or it's someone with a knife running out. It's it's what everyday people do. Yeah. When it just, something snaps, something yes. clicks yeah. and changes. Fashionista is a perfect example, which we'll get yes. to it in a second. Yeah. I just want to, before we get there, I want to talk about the last word. Because yes. the last word is just sort of, Hollywood film, if you like. Yeah. Um,
1: Johnny Frank Garrett's last word.
0: Yeah. yeah Johnny Frank Garrett's last word. Yes, absolutely. Which is, you know, about the guy who was executed in Texas in ninety two for rape and murder. Um, yeah. And and obviously he, deaths involved there and and murder and there. Um. And that was producer Frank Mancuso, which yes. who did Species roaming Internal Affairs. Yeah. How was it then jumping from, sort of the indie film level, making stuff in Austin, making them doing ABCs of Death and bits and pieces here to suddenly going right, cool. Here's my Nice yeah, big Hollywood yeah. movie. What was the jump there?
1: Um it was in reality probably the worst film experience of my life.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Go yeah. on, tell us. Tell us. Why.
1: Well, I I mean basically we we shot a script which frankly was not ready. Um ah. and Was this your script? No. No, I yeah, I, I well, well says and, it all. and well, yeah. So, so I was allowed I I did I wrote a version of it which the producers didn't like. Um and then and then, and then the producers at that time, we had some some really great distributors on board who I think, at that point, had distributed Insidious, Drive, The Evil Dead, and Looper. So they were like, like the wow. coolest, yeah, yeah, cool as hell, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got this job. and I was like, oh my god! And, and you know, they were talking about releasing the film on literally three thousand prints and stuff. So I was before like, before you'd even made it, yeah, yeah, you know, on the script before we'd made it. Wow. Yeah, yeah no, no. So at at the point, it was, you know, I was like. Oh my God, this this you know this, this is, you. is this is the break. This yeah, is, you know, this is I, it. how did
0: you get it? How did you get the actual?
1: Um, I have a manager. Well, I, I, at the time I had an agent and a manager. I've, I since sacked my agent, but I I um I, I still had a manager, and I think the production company were talking to him, and he said, well, actually, you should try Simon." So I read it and mm-hmm. I watched mm-hmm. the documentary and and I liked it. So then I spoke to them and yep. kind of pitched my ideas, and and they they loved them straight away. And really, after that, they that was it they, they didn't go with anyone else right so um so all this was done over the phone which again you know never happened before So, i literally got the, pho- yeah. the the job on off of three phone interviews wow
0: uh, so they're not met you in person no, that's kind no. of incredible no skype at that point either. no no I no yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, so it's literal phone calls so yeah yeah so it's costing a fortune but worth it it, it, <laughs> it was
1: it wasn't and, and and one of them i was in um i was actually skiing at the time in uh Z- Z- zermatt actually um, so so, my, my holiday was a bit like I was just kind of constantly doing research for this phone call, like three quarters of like through my holiday. I won't get what I was saying ruin the holiday, but it did you know put a different you know tent on it? Really. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. But but yeah, so I, I got the job, and and then at some point, you know, I, they, they flew me over to LA, and, and I had had an office on Radio Drive, and, wow. and um, yeah, living the dream. Like, yeah, yeah no, it, but, it, 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 but, but 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 <laughs> but the dream shattered. Um, at some point, you know, the, the script wasn't ready um that the producer then fell out with the distributors really um well they, they, you know they, they remained friends but the, 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 the they couldn't agree about the script so the, so frank was like well we're going to shoot it anyway and they're like okay we'll fine um you know show us when you finish mm. so then we we sh- we shot it even though frankly i i didn't think it was ready but it was either you know if i'd said no um, I didn't even see the final script until I started pre-production. So 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 wow. by the time I'd actually got to America and we shot it in Louisiana, um literally the, the day I arrived was the, the day I, I got sent the script. Um <laughs> and, 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 Shit. and yeah, no it was. It was, yeah. was and, and um but anyway, so I thought fuck it, I'll shoot it and Yeah, because don't I, you
0: say if you said no, they'd have just gone, Oh well we'll get someone else. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: No, exactly. So so <laughs> I thought, you know, if I die tomorrow, you know, I'll, I'll, I can at least say I've made a Hollywood film. Mm-hmm. So basically we shot a – you know, shooting was actually fine. Um, I, we then were in, in New Orleans for five months editing. Um, that process was fine um, until at some point we had a test screening. And, and, and then things started kind of we, – we, we, we then reacted to the test screening. And, and we – well, the, the short story is we locked picture. And, and the film was – I thought it was Okay um but i i don't think it was that good but and and i th- i felt it could have been better mm. but but given how things could have been i was like you know what i'll make peace with the fact that it's okay um but then but then at some point even though we'd finished the film um li- literally locked it Sandbox and everything um th- th- then Fra- frank decided to recut it oh um and Jeez. and so so which which even then i was like well without me and without the original editor um oh yeah. 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 And you're I, back in England. I'm back in part. England. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God. So, so th- th- this, this is exactly it. And I'm kind of like going, are you fucking crazy? Mm. Um, but you know, there's, you know, there's nothing I can do as, 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 a director. No, there isn't. Yeah. Um, you don't
0: own the rights. You, you were just hired hand in a sense. No, yeah. no, 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 no.
1: So, so again, I, I was like, well, maybe it can, you know, maybe it will get better. Maybe, maybe some, some editors will come and, you know, make some sense out of what, what didn't make so much sense. Um, in the end, that, so they they recut it and it was it went from maybe a kind of you know a kind of five out of ten to in my opinion a, about a three out of ten. Um, right. Okay. And, and 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 I you know throughout this period I was I really was thinking oh my god I, I just, maybe I've just made a big mistake maybe I should um, stop filmmaking maybe I'll just become a novelist um, especially because mm-hmm. I write yeah and then luckily as it what happened everyone else thought the film was appalling. And, and, and no one bought it um, so in the in the end I have to say Frank to his credit said you know what you know we fucked up but if Simon wants to recut it then you know he can do whatever he wants with it wow I didn't yeah. expect that to happen no no oh. no so, so, so that was literally that was a year later um. Pretty much. um Shit. Well, that that was eight months after off to, after off to, I think pretty much locking picture, and and it was. And,
0: and so you went, yeah, I'll do it. Give me this fee, and then you just handed in the other version.
1: <laughs> y- y- well, yeah. Well, no. So no, so no. so it's basically you know I was like okay, and and then and then it took literally almost another year to do it because it took us about six months to actually get the footage for various reasons. So uh, so so the whole thing essentially took four pretty much four years. And 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 then say, so I, I re-edited it with, and again, because I was friends with the editor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he very, very, very generous did it. You know, we, we had to send him to LA to actually pick up the footage because no one in LA knew what it was or where it was. And oh, it, was just, it was just a catalogue of, you know, it's craziness. Really. And because
0: your now heart isn't fully invested you're kind of like okay no. well i'd rather get a better film that i've made out than yeah. not so you're in that oh but
1: yeah yeah but but you know i was like you know what you know i i, th- I think this film can be okay um mm-hmm. so part of me was like you know uh, you know some we will we'll salvage it to a point yeah um and then so we you know we did and and um and then the craziest thing happened we, we got into south by southwest <laughs> yeah. um and 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 you know paradigm were was selling it and and, you know, they were going like, oh, my God. Well, and, and I was literally, you know, when i being in the kitchen and getting, a, I think, a text from my manager saying, we're in. Because we, we knew we were down to the last few. And, and I think, you know, we were on the cusp. And, and yeah. you know, there, there's usually, you know, a bit of politics here and there that go mm-hmm. on with these things. And, and yeah, I got the text. And I was like, oh, my God. And, and it, was just like, it was like, it was one of those most amazing moments because this, this four years, well, three, at that point, three and a half years of, of just saying, this could be better, this could be better, this mm-hmm. could be better. No one listening to me at all. Um, and then finally being given the complete creative freedom and making it better to the point that we got into, you know, mm-hmm. probably, well, the second largest festival in, in America was, was like, amazing. Um, it, it
0: must have been. And Frank Mancuso Jr. must have been really pleased, <laughs> he, right, he, in he, the he, end? He,
1: he was, you know. I mean, we, 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 we remained friends throughout the whole process. You oh, know, he's inevitably got a bit, you know, Tell us at times, but you know he's 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 a he's you know he's a good man at heart, and and um you know I I don't think many producers would have just said you know what just do what you want. No, about. they wouldn't. So I I you know I I really appreciate him doing that and, and respect him for doing that because i don't think it was an easy thing for him to do and 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 whilst i would say that he you know he made creative you know mistakes throughout the whole process he, he still did what he thought was was best kind of thing so mm-hmm. so yeah no so he was you know so everyone was happy and we went to south by southwest where again it got a kind of you know it got a mixed reaction um and and i i don't think it was helped by the fact that it's essentially an anti- Anti-corporal punishment film mm-hmm. set in 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 Texas, which is one of the the, the key you know corporate punishment you know Indeed. gun capitals of the world. Yeah, but then again, you know, we we played a, a, around Europe. We did Fright Fest, where it went down amazingly, way better. It, it's almost like it was a different film. The reaction, right? So it's so it's so bizarre, and, and so know, bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, and I think in Croatia we got like the runner-up audience award for best film, and 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 same in. Um, in Estonia so it was just a bizarre experience bizarre. Throughout, throughout and what, what
0: could you tell filmmakers out there other filmmakers out there what you learned from that experience to hopefully not have other people go through that
1: I, I, I mean don't you know I, I mean I don't think there's anything I can tell you really because producers mm-hmm. are their own beasts and, and yeah. well, well apart from produce your own film which, which I've, I've generally done, but then, you know, I, I can pre- produce my own films to a certain level, but I, I certainly couldn't have, you know, got the budget that, let's say that, that was for Johnny Frank Garrett, because right. I don't have, you know, those connections really. Um, so, you know, if you don't produce your film, you're always going to be open, open to that. And I think, you know, no matter whether you're completely unknown, whether you're, you know, in the middle like me or whether you're, you know, you know, at the top end of, mm-hmm. of, of your game, you know, there's always going to be, a, a studio who's you know who doesn't really care about you know your thoughts—they they're just doing what they think's best. So yes. yeah. I think it's an and it's a sad inevitability of of the process, and I, I guess you know you've just got to do as much as you can to um, you know hope hope that that people trust you and believe you and and, and, s- and, and and yeah and see your vision and yeah just go with it yes. and and, and, the, and the other thing really you know something with frank that you know i i was always like well look you know you're the producer you know if if if, if you want me to do this and in, in the edit suite then we'll, we'll do it so you know we had a few arguments and stuff but in, in the yeah. end you know generally he won right <laughs> because yeah um, he's a producer. producer yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So, and, and and you know so so going into that kind of project i you know i went in with my eyes open it wasn't like mm. I, I i didn't know this might happen so okay so i kind of you know I, i'd say just be aware that the, these things can happen and and you've got to be you know play a very long political game to okay. to, to and, and and try and work with these people to protect y- your vision as much as as um as much you as, you as you can, yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: Uh, and then you 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 came back to sort of indie filmmaking with Fashionista. Crowhurst was actually first. Was Crowhurst first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: so how did Crowhurst come about?
1: Well, so so Crowhurst came from again. I was in Cannes, and and as I got an email from Mike Riley, who I mentioned earlier on, mm-hmm. who's someone I've been friends with since the 1990s, and you know, we hadn't even spoke for like ten years or something. I literally got a random email from him saying, "You know, what are you doing this summer?" um <laughs> And I said, "You know, depends who's asking." And he said, "Well, would you be interested in making this film?" And and that was Crowhurst. And and at the time, partly because of the the, the experience that I just had on um Johnny Frank Garrett, I I um ultimately turned it down. And and I also turned it down because the, the literally the night before I'd had another producer say, um. Actually, we love one of your other scripts. We're going to finance it for you. Wow. Okay. And because it was a script that I'd written, I was like, okay, I great keep control." Yeah. yeah, yeah, well, yeah at yeah, least yeah, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I ultimately turned Chris down, um, which of course I was kicking myself about later on because the financier who said that he would finance the other film it didn't quite work out, mm. and and then I think the mercy, what well what became the mercy was announced in January two thousand and fifteen. The Colin
0: Firth um, film. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 About and, the same. Exactly
1: same thing. yeah. And and I again, I was kicking myself even more, and you know, and and then then in, in I think end of January, I, I got an email from or beginning of February from Mike saying, if you are still up for this, we have a green light. the Only problem is the budget has been cut in in by about uh, seventy <laughs> percent. Shit, you know, seventy. Yeah. No, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. Really. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. So so I was like, well, if, if if I can rewrite the script to make it work in that budget, then mm-hmm. sure.
0: Because um, it was written originally by Andy Briggs, yes. who's been on the podcast talking about screenwriting. If you yep. do want to hear about that screenwriting, which is fantastic, he talks about all the projects he's worked on in the past. That is episode thirteen. Yeah. Um, and at this Crowhurst, it's uh, set in 1968. Just so people know, it's about an inexperienced sailor who enters a round-the-world race, which he fears he won't be able to complete yet alone win. In order to save his dignity, he decides to cheat to come last. But things don't go according to plan. Yeah. Um, it stars uh, Justin Salinger, who's amazing, isn't he? He's is, is fantastic. Yeah. Amy Lowton, Simon Armstrong, uh, and it's obviously produced by Michael Riley, who you mentioned. Um, this must have been really difficult to film. You're filming on a boat a lot of the time. Yeah, talk me through. How you'd even go? Okay, how are we going to do this? It's a small boat. How are we going to get a crew on here and and, yeah, and yeah, make yeah. this work?
1: Andy had written a script which was much essentially bigger and was much more about sailing and and and, and the storms and, and all that kind of stuff. And initially, when we first started talking, we were going to film it in 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 a in a, in a tank in Walter or South Africa, but mm-hmm. there's no way we could afford that. And at some point, we got Nicholas Rogue on board as yeah. as, as, as producer. Okay, so he's on board now, and you're like, okay, would so he's on board. Yeah. yeah, and and so Mike would say, let, let, let's let's try and make a film that that Nick would make. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, I took Andy's script and, and used that as a structural backbone, um, and, th- and then re- rewrote it and made it more psychological, really.
0: Which is actually fine for directors to do if they, if it's now everything's signed over, it's not a problem for directors to go. Well, look, I'm just going to rewrite. That's kind of part of how it works. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, not- yeah. And you know, and and Andy did a great job for for, for the script at, at that mm-hmm. budget. And as as you know, he's a great guy, and, yeah. and and he he was very excited by by what you know what. The Script came and, and and what we did and, and mm. we've had amazing reviews. So, you amazing
0: know. reviews, like you've really great reviews for this film. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a wonderful film. It's definitely worth seeing. Thank you. It yeah. Really is. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And, and yeah. So basically, it was more psychological. It was, it was more about you know the, the, a man's descent in, into madness, basically, yes. which is what happens. You know, that, you know he he. he at some point, his boat was found. Not, not ruining the ending for everyone, but his boat was found floating in the Atlantic, and his he his body was nowhere to be seen, and mm-hmm. he's never been seen or heard of since. Um, but he left these logbooks behind, which detailed how he had kind of che- cheated in the race. Um, yeah, so, so it kind of went from there, really. and okay. and, and, I- and, and we shot we shot six days and five or six days in the Bristol Channel. For all the actual stuff on the boat, only five when or six days. days. Okay, yeah, yeah, quite a short time. There's a lot of stuff on the boat. Well, 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 well so that's all the exterior oh, boat I see. stuff. Okay, um, yeah. and and then we and then we shot for another, I think, eleven days in the Bristol Harbour, right. with all the stuff in the cabin um okay. and and the soft in the cabin is generally more where where you know it, 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 where well, he goes where it's more performance based shall we say
0: in the small space like that how is it obviously you've got to keep being inventive with the the camera moves and stuff and yeah, yeah, yeah. keep his performance alive and things that he's got to do how did you go about doing that
1: again you know justin was uh, again another amazing actor to work to, to work with and and um i i think lesser actors would have maybe fallen by the wayside or completely flipped out but he was just again absolute trooper and you know never complained once and just you know got on and and did it really and again you know mike was like i don't know how we're going to do this film really and i was like what do you mean he said well you know because we were going to get a a replica of the boat Mm -hmm. um and and so we we're going to shoot in a, in a, in a tank in Malta and, and, and we, and we couldn't afford either of those. So, so, and, and then he thought we, we, we discussed having green screens in mm-hmm. Bristol harbor or, or then dropping the boat in, into a quarry somewhere. And, and in the end, I was like, well, hang on. Why don't we just, you know, shoot it in the cabin and on, you know, in, in, out at, out at sea. So, so, which sounds a pretty <laughs> obvious thing to say, but? <laughs> and, uh, but, um, he was like, Oh, Really? Do you think we can do that? And I said, "Well, I don't see why not." Mm. Um, and and so that's that's you know basically what we did. And was that easy? Um, shooting at sea is kind of everything you hear about shooting at sea. Kind of w- was <laughs> yeah. was the case. It t- and it certainly takes a good day to kind of get used to it. And we had added problems because we were shooting in Bristol Channel, which is the second most strong current in the world. So so mm. we would get to some point, we'd be ready ready to shoot, you know, whatever scene. And then then the skipper of the boat was like got to turn around, got to turn around. And we're like, what are you talking about? We're just about to start filming. like, no, no, but, but the, the land over there, it's only five meters and we'll, we'll crash if, if we, Shit. So, so then we'd have to go, oh, for God's sake, yeah. then, you know, then spend <laughs> another, sake. another hour or half hour going back to where we should, should have been right. and, and then starting the whole thing again. So it really was like, you know, you have no control right over and of course the weather is
0: i was going to say the weather, the weather with ha- sun have, or rain and the yeah, continuity. Yeah, 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 yeah
1: so so it was very much thinking on your feet and, and really just adapting to the situation as much as as you possibly can so
0: were you in another boat to the side with the crew or? um
1: so, sometimes yes sometimes no okay. so so you know there is some stuff with justin on you know close-ups of him steer well steering you know helming the boat or, or or messing with with shackles or pulling pulling ropes and stuff. So all that we are on the boat, but then there was obviously wider shots of, of the boat when we were off of it. Okay. So a bit bit of both really. Right. We filmed most of what we needed, not all of it, but but what 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 I did do was like okay fuck it, we're just going to film everything as much as possible. So so there's quite a lot of so one of the reasons the film is quite choppy in a way, you know, it's, it's a lot of quite short you know mm. short things and quite a lot of visual interjections. Um and that's partly cuz we just filmed Lots of stuff, and and you know, mate, yeah, just impro- improvised really, you know, ah, okay. with him drinking and okay, and and, and, and flicking and
0: stuff off the boat. Is that yeah, improvised? yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Lovely that, stuff. that
1: was one of Mike's ideas, nice. Um, and and so, you know, a, a lot of it's script, but a lot of it isn't in the edit. Then, it, then we started making it a bit more linear and thinking more about Nicholas Rogue. because we didn't have such a linear script to follow by that stage, it, it became more easier just to put stuff in and, and mess around with it. Obviously, with the Mercy
0: coming out at the same time and it being the same distributors? Yeah, Studio Canal. Studio Canal, who bought your film because mm. they're releasing The Mercy. How was that for you then, when you you know, with both films? Would, did, did um, that, it that was a big,
1: big shame, basically. The, the whole idea when we started off was to go up against them, you know, and and And, really, just release the film when they released it and and see what happened yeah um because we we knew that we we weren't gonna be able to make this glossy b b c kind of you know beautiful film, and exactly. I, haven't, I haven't seen the mercy but but you know from what I can gather that's well that's what it would be it's a
0: glossy well well made big production b b c film yeah, yeah sure.
1: yeah. so there's no way we were gonna you know if if we try to do that then You'd be, have, have, yeah second best yeah, 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 yeah people yeah. are going
0: you're just trying to copy and yours yeah. is so different it's just a totally different take on the story yeah 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 um yeah but but in terms of the actual thinking oh god i mean in one way you're sort of on the back of their publicity but was the other side of you thinking well studio canal could just chuck this on the shelf
1: <laughs> which is pretty much what they did to be honest <laughs> you know we we, we um yeah so, so the idea was to to go uh, and and be released at the same time by another distributor, and we had a few offers, and, and they they in the end got. But our, our financier for for whatever reason decided that he wanted to to work with Studio Canal, and and so he he sold it to them. On the positive side, I think there was something in the contract which said that they had to release the film um, theatrically, but, but between four to six weeks after, no well no later than four to six weeks after the mercy. So right. so basically, we we got a two screen release um <laughs> studio canal that they, they, they wouldn't do a poster they wouldn't do a trailer oh, um God. they 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 had one press screening which is better than what we thought it would be. Um, Jesus, and yeah, but you know, but but it's kind of weird because in the end, you know, we we, we we got we got a lot. We did get a lot of publicity out of it because because mm. of that that treatment of our film, mm. and, and and so we got we got a half page in in the Sunday te- Telegraph page three. We, we I I got you know there was a big interview in the Guardian. Mm-hmm. Sunday Times wrote something. Hollywood Reporter did a big report about it. Um, Empire did a big interview with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, 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 the New Statesman, when it came out, was the only mag, well, publication to compare the two films on the release of The Mercy, and they said ours was better. Mm-hmm. So, there you, go. you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> and let's talk about Fashionista. Yes. Um, very. As,
0: as quickly or as briefly or as yes, long as we yes. can uh this is about a woman who uses clothes as an emotional crutch discovers her life isn't as ideal as she thought stars amanda fuller ethan embry eric balfour and Alexandria de berry yeah ben? yeah um milton cam who's one of your regular dops
1: well, well he's done every film that i've done since 2004
0: wow every film yeah
1: yeah yeah literally
0: that's that's really cool i yeah, like yeah, that yeah, a lot yeah. i work with my dop andrew roger a lot mm-hmm. as much as i can when he's not working today he's obviously doing itv drama yeah and that's the thing sometimes your dps go off and do other stuff but with milton he's this is great that you guys are stuck together you've obviously got a shorthand
1: yeah yeah yeah. no i mean it's amazing you know he's 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 a, he's a good friend he's a good mm-hmm. collaborator it's 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 yeah you know I, I wouldn't frankly want to do a film without him and, and a couple of times you know producers have said well do we have to get that guy in from America? And I've basically gone, yes. And, and when people meet him and work with him, they, they understand. But he's just, he's, he, you know, he's amazing, talented, doesn't, doesn't mess around with tons of lights. Um, there's a sublimity, I think, to, to his, his lighting. Um, he's very quick, he's easygoing, quite, quite zen in his own way. And mm-hmm. just, yeah, yeah, you know, great, great to have around, really. And, and yeah, he I said, great friend. That's
0: really good. Yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. a big difference, doesn't it, to have a friend who's in your corner when you yes. go and get stuff, when you're on a boat and you're going back and forth to go, no, you need this shot. Yeah yeah yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Bob Portal, he was the producer on this. Yes. How did it come about? Again, is this something you wrote? How did it become this it's, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. set in America? How did it happen?
1: Um, well, again, this 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 got financed through the same guy. He did Red, White and Blue and, and, and my films. And again, he, had, he, he again had some some money at the time. I wanted to do something completely different from what I'd done. And and I, at the time I was I read a script about anti-consumerism and someone throwing away all their all their goods. People read it and people were like, "Yeah, it's okay," mm-hmm. um, but but not either a, a great reaction either way really. And I, I'm very much used to people going, "Wow, this is amazing!" or "Wow, this is pretty rubbish." Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and because many people get what I do, but not everyone does. So sure. there's always a few you know naysayers. I I just thought, do I really want to spend a lot of time on something that? literally no one's really raving about. So I thought, no, I don't really. So yeah. I, I went back to drawing board. And and really having this work with Nicholas Rogue was was something that in, inspired me um because i've always wanted to do a, a film or try at least to do a film in that non-linear fashion that he does mm. I, I i i still thought about the anti-consumerist message as such as it is that, that i wanted to get across and, and i thought about shooting in austin and there's lots of vintage clothes shops in austin mm-hmm. and then i thought well it can be an addiction and then and so i thought you know doing a, a drug movie but without drugs yeah. um and, and all these things kind of came together and at some point i was like well why not? Again, you know, when you're making indie films, it's generally not so easy to get you know, to, to, to cast. Um it's it's always an a not for struggle because because even if the actors want to do it, that there's usually an agent yes. who who's just being willfully shit. Totally. And, or they do
0: well, they want the big payday, they're not interested in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, so, yes, of course you'll do it. Um we're just waiting for Spielberg. We're waiting for this next month, next month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, next no, yeah.
1: exactly. So 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 certainly you know one tries to avoid agents at, at all costs in, in in these kind of situations um and go through managers or go through friends of actors so so i was like fuck up you know i'm friends with amanda she's an amazing actress yeah she's um, great, and, great movie. and so i wrote to her saying hey you know if i write a script for you would would you be up for doing it she said yeah of course so <laughs> so I, I did and, and that became fashionista mm-hmm. and then and then she'd work with ethan on cheap thrills and and, and i i knew the well, producer and director, and they both said he was a great guy. So she went to him, and and he read it. He loved it, and so she kind of, you know, brought him on board in a way. And then he kind of brought Eric Balfour on board. So so actually, then then we had a, actually a really great, a really great, cast. Cool, yeah, kind of cool, indie, yeah, yeah, indie kind of cast, really, totally. Um, and then and then again, you know, went back to Austin. Work with the same people. Um, you know, work with with Tim League. He he's one of the exec producers. Mm-hmm. Worked with Paul Canales, who's the, the co-producer I was talking about earlier on. Worked with the same casting director, who's called Karen Holford, who's amazing. Okay, she she, she who she, and she did both Johnny Frank Garrett, and she did um, um, Red, White, and Blue as well right um Can't keep you know. it in the family isn't it yeah no, you like
0: working with work with them
1: no exactly yeah. exactly and yeah. and and you know I, I wrote to actually a role for the the actor who played Johnny Frank Garrett uh, the, the, the Hank character yeah. who, um, who I thought was great so um so yeah you know again we, we went back to Austin and and had another you know amazing experience in Austin okay. um and 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 you know the, the city has changed and it's been gentrified to a point but it's still it's still a unique and very cool unusual place
0: yeah. and in terms of the getting access to the, the the shops and the locations that you did was it very much indie film style run and gun we or no
1: it- no well again so our, our guy Paul can the co-producer you know he 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 is saying you know, he, he's on um location scouting and managing for big big tv stuff so he he did Terrence malik films um and 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 he's done you know big tv series in in austin so pretty much you know austin is, is not a big city and so as someone who does what he does he knows who's friendly and who isn't God, yeah. and so so for example we, we shot some a couple of scenes in in uh i think it was a marriott or a hilton and 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 he just went there and said hey look you know hey it's me um we remember me and they're like well yeah of course we do because you, you gave us like fifty thousand dollars yeah for, you know for, for about th- four days filming right. so well, actually this time i'm back and we've got like you know fifty dollars or, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah can you do it for free and they're like well we can't do it for free but yeah we'll do it for you know 250 and our day rate's like ten thousand or whatever Right. so okay. um we couldn't have done this without without paul we couldn't have done it frank without tim mm-hmm. couldn't have done it out karen couldn't, and and then we had a an amazing Um, costume designer who who Paul brought on board. So again, it's just finding amazing people and working Mm -hmm. them, and just yeah, you know, it's 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 so great when when you get people who you like, who like you, who understand what you're doing, Mm -hmm. and everyone works together and actually does that, and and it's 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 yeah, it's it's very special. So so again, me and me and Bob were there for the second time. With Milton R.D.P., and uh, again, much like Red, White, and Blue, I think we all had a fantastic time.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. It sounds great. Yeah. And speaking of Once Upon a Time, we'll quickly touch upon that. This is dramatising the violent reign of, of two of London's most notorious gangsters, Billy the Hill and Jack Spot Spotcoma, um, who had this sort of rivalry just before the Richardsons, basically. So it was yes. sort of their... Um, Charts of Legendary Rise and Fall of the Nationwide Criminal Empire, uh, which lasted until the mid-50s. That must have been great to make. That's with Leo Gregory, um, Terry Stone, obviously, um, and, and Kate Braithwaite, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Let's just touch upon that a little bit. How was that to, to make?
1: Yeah, ama- amazing. Again, you know, I, I got brought on board um, at a relatively late stage, and, and I, again, took the script, and it was, mm. it was a very solid script, but... Um, i i made it more my own and again made it more psychological more about the tension between the two characters brought in more female characters and um and we shot it last <clears throat> last uh summer and it was a six six week shoot in and around on location in london okay and again you know i don't know there's something like 220 scenes so was a lot a Lo- lot of locations um and finding locations which, which work for the nineteen thirties, forties and fifties in, in contemporary London is increasingly difficult. Very
0: difficult. Find those locations Yeah, there. you don't yeah. have to CGI out stuff must be yeah, yeah. tough, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. But you know, but again in in rewriting the script I set a lot more inside pubs and mm. clubs and stuff. So uh, get away it, with stuff. You can get away with yeah. a lot more. You know, so you know, you still have to make sure that there aren't any Contemporary beer bottles or or taps on on the show, but mm-hmm. but you know that the structure of many pubs or enough pubs, let's say, is still as as it was, as you it know, was. fifty sixty years ago. So so just in, in terms of rewriting the scenes for mm. pubs, that kind of helped a lot. Yeah. Um,
0: is it something you like to do? Is rewrite. Sort of put it into your own voice, if you like.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it completely depends. You know, there are some scripts that I've got that, that I'm working on where it's just the, the writers, and and I'm not, change, you know, I'm I'm advising them, yes. ha- how to, you know, change Make things better. But, but, but they're, they're writing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just, you know, depends on on different projects, really. Okay. Um. Oh. So yeah, sometimes yes, sometimes no. All some, right, Okay. Uh,
0: and did you bring in some of the sort of. 70s feel. I'll go with that vibe to it. The psychedelic look with Once Upon a Time Land. Or did you stick to the gangster?
1: Well, feel. No, I mean because it's set over, well, essentially three three decades. We wanted it to give it more of an elegant feel, to be honest. And and I I'd say out of all the films I've done, you know crowhurst is you know ridiculously grainy and the grade is deliberately mm. all over the place.
0: very washed out and different yeah
1: yeah yeah but but that, that's obviously intentional and, mm-hmm. and then same with fashion easter it's 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 a very kind of almost movie kind of weird kind of you know bright kaleidoscopic kind of sweet like kind of kind of acidic feel mm. um and i i don't think anyone would say either of those films were elegant or stylish you know that 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 they're, they're, they're they have you know they're, well they're, they're kind of stylish and they have character, but to look at, you know, you're not gonna go, wow, that's that's pretty beautiful. But I, yeah. I'd I'd like to think and we'll see what people say, but you know and and in Cross we put in a lot of grain, but this film I think is just we we've given it basically a kind of a, a, a slightly yellowy golden hue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we've we've crushed the black, blacks quite a bit and I think it's just, it's just yeah, it's, it's it's um I think, you know, we we've gone with a slightly archaic film, but but more a kind of A a beauty about nostalgia, rather than a kind of, you know, anything else really. Mm. Um, And and, you know that the clubs are very dark and dingy, but Mm. but there's some kind of romanticism about it. I think.
0: Great! Can't wait to see it. It's in post now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we should be finishing. I mean, we've been in post for a while, but we're we're very. you know, we finished the grade, we finished the VFX. Um, I think there's just a couple of music tracks which have to be cleared, and that's, okay. that's it, basically. Great.
0: So, so that should be out later this year sometime. I hope so. It? Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Um, Fashionista, where can people see that now?
1: Um, that has, that's now on digital, VOD, Sky, iTunes, um, Hulu, all that kind of stuff, really.
0: Mm-hmm great all this will be in the show notes by the way so if you want to see the trailers for all these kind of things you can watch fashionista uh, there'll be a trailer soon for once upon a time in London I imagine yeah soon. I mean okay yeah probably not, not for a while No, I'll put links to all all of Simon's work in uh, the show notes so do go watch some of these go watch his back catalogue honestly he's a great filmmaker it's definitely worth learning from mm. Simon thank you very much for your no, time I really appreciate it remember why you're doing it um, guys and girls if it's for the love don't get too stressed if you're doing it because you want to earn money then don't get too stressed it's filmmaking although ridiculously hard is a blessing thank you for your time thank you for listening we really do appreciate the filmmakers podcast sam where can actually people follow you on social
1: Um, i'm on twitter i I literally started twitter a a month ago um so i'm simon underscore romley on twitter um i'm on facebook and, and actually instagram as well so actually against my better judgment i'm now pretty much on social media social media it's its yeah.
0: kind of as a filmmaker it's sort of good for you its it does help you get yeah. the word out about yeah. your films yeah. and it makes a difference yeah. um, you can follow me at Giles Alderson or you can follow the Filmmakers Podcast at Filmmakers Pod remember get your shout outs for your indie films whatever you're doing screenings Kickstarters whatever and we'll do our best to promote them for you thank you very much again for listening we will see you next Tuesday as always always on a Tuesday Simon Rumley thank you thank you very much thank you for listening